Welcome to In Conversation with Lyndon Terracini, the podcast where we meet the extraordinary talents, both on stage and off, working at Opera Australia. These conversations were all originally filmed for our streaming service, OATV. You can find more online at tv.opera.org.au, as well as full productions and behind-the-scenes footage. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to OATV. And my special guest today, Andy Morton. Andy, welcome. Thank you, Lyndon. It's great to see you. Thank You're you. looking very elegant. Suit from China. <laughs> oh, when we did the tour. It was fantastic. A long time ago? Yeah, it was. Feels. Well, yeah. it seems like a lifetime ago. Yeah, it does. Um, Andy, you came from England to mm. Australia. What brought you to Australia? Uh, the wife. It's, it's, there's always a love interest, isn't it? <laughs> there's always a love interest. Uh, but uh, with current situation with COVID, I'm thanking my lucky stars yeah, that yeah. I'm in Australia, yeah. not in Europe. Um, no, I, I'm married Kelly, and she's actually a Kiwi, uh, though helpfully she was born in Sydney on the way. Uh -huh. um, and so we moved out here and yeah. uh, settled up, settled down uh, with our kids and everything. So yeah, that's fantastic. Enjoying the beach life. Yeah. But you started, you, st you were a singer. Yeah. And I guess you still are a singer, yeah. but uh, that's that, that's that's your background. Mm. So, how did the the transition come to directing? Well, as you say, I was a singer. I was uh, trained at Guildhall. Mm. Um, I'd done operas since I was about fourteen in my hometown. They yeah. just do an opera every year. And where's the hometown? Uh, it's a place called Sherborne in Dorset. Uh -huh. And Dorset Opera every summer would yeah, put yeah. on the f uh, an opera with professional orchestra and yeah, singers. Yeah. And we local school kids and everyone the locals would do would do the chorus. Mm -hmm. and so my first opera was Don Carlo. Oh wow! My in God, 1984. I wow. was 14. Oh, that's fantastic. And we did every year. So that was my introduction to opera. And yeah. Who wasn't going to fall in love with that? Yes. Um, so, but as a performer, and then Guildhall, and then after Guildhall, I, vocally, I'm not an opera singer, mm. I don't think. I'm more suited to musical theatre, really, mm -hmm. which I did end up in. Yeah. Um, but before that, I obviously was a theatre animal's a bit grand, but I loved being on stage, yeah. and I, I have a, a, an instinct for, for, for the stage, yeah. I suppose, on it. And hopefully off it. And uh, and I, as I was changing voice and not sure what I was doing vocally, mm. um, I started directing um, mm -hmm. to keep my hand in really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I enjoyed the the uh, the sort of intellectual pursuit of it as yeah. much as anything else at that stage. And then the dramatic pursuit of it. And I ended up at ENO, um, English National Opera. English yeah. National Opera, sorry, English yeah. National Opera. Um, just assisting on a couple of show mm -hmm. revivals, which yeah. was great. And then suddenly, out of nowhere, um, Francesca Zambello mm -hmm. got in touch because mm -hmm. she was looking for an assistant to do, to do a Mexican opera, mm -hmm. the beautiful Florencia in el Amazonas mm -hmm. by Daniel Catan, uh, still awaiting its premiere in Australia. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it'll be some time. <laughs> it'll be some time. Uh, it's a beautiful piece. It is, It's yeah. 19th yeah. century music yeah. brought into the 20th, new piece, and we put it on in Houston, and she needed someone you spoke fluent Spanish, yeah. which I did from university. Yeah. Um, well, let, let me uh, say that you, you speak a number of languages and you speak them very well. Thank you. And did that? Did you study language at university? Yes, I did. I did Spanish yeah. and French at university. Yeah. There's a rumor, mostly propagated by Brian Castle's Onion, mm. that I speak most languages on the planet. It's false. <laughs> it's utterly false. But you do speak Italian as well. I speak Italian. I've yeah. been working on COVID. I've been trying to get that in better actually because yeah. I'm not happy with it. But. Yeah. Uh, so that's been one of my one of my uh, little jobs to do while I've been away. Mm -hmm. um, so we went off, did Houston, and yeah. and I revived it all around America. Mm -hmm. And we were supposed to go to Mexico, and that fell apart. But mm -hmm. never mind. It was yeah. a fantastic experience, and obviously working with Francesca at that level yeah. was a real eye opener into the process yeah. 
and especially going for an opera from the beginning. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. When you come and you open a score and no one's ever done that before. Yeah. It's really refreshing because there's none of that past. Yeah. And there's no, oh, well, that's how you do it. And mm. so-and-so did it that way. It's not blank slate. Yeah. What are we going to do? Bang. Yeah. And she put on a, an amazing production. Yeah, she's but a wonderful director. Still Francesca. going. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and, 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 and uh, similar to you, she, she speaks a number of languages. She does. She's got Russian. Russian. Exactly. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah, she was a diplomat's daughter or something. Yeah, yeah, she? yeah. All around yeah. the place. But seriously, it's incredibly helpful yes. uh, in this business, particularly, um, obviously, as a singer, but also as a director. Yeah, you if, really um, have to know what you're doing. Yeah. And it's something I say to the students at the con all the time, mm. you've got to get hold of language, or you yeah. just, you're not inhabiting it. You don't know what's going on yeah. inside the drama. Well, um, you also get someone else's translation of it. Yeah, which is never good. Exactly. Yeah. And here I am about to do, uh, am I allowed to say what I'm about to do? Absolutely. About to do Duke Blue Bluebeard's Castle yes. next year. Uh, one no. of my favourite languages, well, <laughs> Hungarian. <laughs> well, Bella Bartok is an extraordinary composer, mm. and I've always loved the piece, and I'm thrilled that we're able to do it, and I'm thrilled that you're directing it. But it's a, it's a very complex piece mm. and, um, you know, it's a confronting piece as well. Do you want to talk a little bit about how you're approaching it? Yeah, I think um, if we'd approached it ten years ago, we would have been a bit more conservative, mm. I think. But at the end of the day, this is a story... Spoiler alert. This is a story about a man who has locked away three, li three mm. wives um, and sort of they emerge at the end... Mm. And tradition of the original story, the fourth wife, Judith, who he's enticed into his castle, enticed for want of a better word, um, goes with them to become the fourth wife. Mm. I don't think that through the prism of Me Too and everything we've been through and the awareness that mm. that has brought, I don't think we can seriously engage with that story as it is mm. without at least throwing a bright light on it yeah. and saying, this is how things were, and that was acceptable. Um, but now the, the world's moved on. And I think all opera companies, ourselves included, mm. have been getting quite a lot of criticism because we have to return to these great works mm. of art that are our staple yeah. canon, where well, a lot of the... It's like, it's like Shakespeare, too. Exactly. Yeah. But in the operas, for some, we get in the neck because mm. the women die. Mm. And why do they die? And it's very hard for us because we can't change that central no, exactly. tenet because yeah. it's in the music and it's in there. Yeah. But what I, I think we can do is, as I said, throw a light, make people aware and just show as much as we can that not only is this a different moral period mm. where that was not challenged, mm. but that we should challenge it and embrace the challenge and reflect, it, reflect yeah. that in our productions. Yeah. Well, it's an interpretation of the piece. Exactly. And, um, you know, even though we've, Opera Australia's never done uh, Bluebeard's Castle, uh, as you say, it doesn't mean we can't find a way that, um, uh, th that makes it relevant to yes. the 21st century and relevant to our times now. Absolutely. So I think it's a fantastic way of yeah. um, getting into the piece. It is. And, and she's, um, she's not, you know, a straight-up feminist. She has flaws. Oh, yeah. And that's the great thing about, actually, the canon of all the earlier operas we do. Mm. There's so much more than the, the bare bones, the skeleton of the plot. Yeah. We have to show people and insist to people that these are rounded characters mm. with positive attributes, negative attributes, mm. and that they make their way through their dramatic journey mm. to an end. Yeah. Um, and, but there's so much more in there which fleshes them out as full-bodied characters who we can appreciate these days. And that's why mm. they're great works of yeah, art. Yeah, yeah. Because these characters are universal. Yeah. 
whether exactly. it's Carmen or yeah. Mimi or any of these people, we recognize them with their flaws and their passions, and that's why we love them. Yeah, and I think too with Bluebeard's Castle, I think the central male character, um, people will recognise, well, various um, individuals yes. um, from the, the last few years yes. um, portrayed on the stage. But as you say, there are different facets to, the, to these characters, to yeah. all of them. It's not just he's bad, she's good. Well, exactly. And Bluebeard, for example, okay, yep. so as soon as I put him in modern dress, mm. we are going to be making that association yes, exactly. with whoever it is. Mm. But the music tells me quite clearly that he's very conflicted yeah. about who he is and what he's become. Yeah. I mean, by the way, the score is sensational. Oh, my goodness, oh. this symbolist stuff. Yeah. I mean, what's amazing, Lyndon, is they always say about Bluebeard, ah, oh, at the time, when they, mm. Bartok put it up for a competition. Yeah. And they basically said, Lovely music, Bella, but we can't actually put this on the stage because it's yeah. impossible to stage. Yeah. But this music is so violently oh. vibrant. Yeah. Well, it's telling you the, Good the story. Lord. Well, it tells you a story, a myriad of stories yeah, yeah. you can get well, out of it. Exactly. But it, people talk about it as a symbolist piece like Pelias. Yeah. And Pelias, I mean, you and I both know is the beautiful piece. It's wonderful, wonderful. And beautiful to be in. Yeah, yeah. Less good yeah, to sure. watch. Well, that's that's a case with a number of those pieces, but yeah. I don't think it's the case with Bluebeard. No, because it's far more dramatic yeah, than Peleus. Exactly. Yeah, And it's yeah. full of it. Peleus in all sorts of ways is like a tone poem. Yeah. And But this is, I mean, it's you're really there. You've, and often with the music, you feel as though you're actually in it. Yeah. Which is an extraordinary thing. Because it's a big orchestra. It is. Or yeah. it should be, and yeah. I think, um, but it, and it will still, even in our, in our house, I think yeah. it will make a big sound. Especially with only two singers. In yeah, fact, yeah. I think it'll balance out really yeah. well. And also, too, we'll, we'll use the configuration of the orchestra differently. Yeah. So we can use the boxes, for example, to mm -hmm. put the brass in, which will give it a fantastic effect. Because, yeah. you know, when you do actually get into the theatre, well, into the Joan Sutherland Theatre, past the stage, towards the audience, the acoustic changes. And people may remember uh, when we did Faust and you hear the chorus from both sides of those boxes yeah. at the top. It's an amazing sound. Yeah. So by having the brass in the boxes too, we'll get a different sound, which will yeah. be exciting. Yeah, that'll be an immersive. Yeah. You really yeah. get into yeah. it, don't yeah. you? Yeah. And it also means then we have enough space in the pit to put those other players. Yeah. That's so it'll be, it'll be fun. So it'll be very exciting. So we're, we're in the middle of designing it at the moment, as yeah. you know, um, and it's a process yeah. that we have to go through. Yeah. And, uh, and I guess you'll, you'll use light a lot as well too. Yeah, we've got John Raymond lighting, yeah, yeah. Uh, which is fantastic because yeah. he's so experienced yeah. and we'll use a lot of light. Um, but actually, the whole the original production, the, uh, Bartok's original vision rather, was very much based on light. Yeah. And light pervades libretto yeah. quite strongly. So it's there. Yeah. Um, I don't want to rely on light completely. No, no, sure. But yeah. it'll be absolutely, a darkness is yeah. such well, a central you know, part of it. Exactly, the piece is about light and dark. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But exactly. it's, it's a fascinating piece and, you know, wonderful to do. Yeah. Um, so um, apart from uh, Bluebeard's Castle, you've done so many other things for, for Opera Australia. Yeah. But, um, you know, what, what are the things that you really love doing, the sort of repertoire that you love doing? Um, I've really enjoyed recently working on uh, those serious Donizetti pieces. Yeah. Um, uh, well, it's interesting you so mention that fun. because, you know, often people don't use the word serious with Donizetti. I know. They think he's a comic. Which exactly. is, he is a comic genius. Yeah, yeah, but... But um, working with um, Davide Livermore yeah, yeah. has really opened my eyes a little bit more even now to how much drama there is there. Yeah. And it, it's, it's absolutely fascinating as a challenge because 
it's all there in the music. Mm. And you can feel Donizetti going, that's the moment. Yeah. And creating these great dramatic explosions mm. through the music. And it's not what we're used to when we watch Netflix. It's a different sort of explosion, it is, yeah. but it's all there. Mm. And actually watching him, watching Davide unfold, sort of unlock the drama of a Donizetti opera, that, yeah. those bel canto operas, yeah. I think they got a little bit sucked into, oh, isn't it beautiful singing for exactly. a long time. Yeah. And actually, what is amazing, what would be amazing for me is to take some of those bel canto operas and really dig into the yeah. drama of them. Yeah. We really have someone like Ermine Yaho, for example, who not only sings amazingly, yes. but she's interested in these pieces from the point of view of an actress. Yeah, I mean, she doesn't hide anywhere. There's no, she doesn't. I've got yeah. to sing here. Yeah. It's, it's absolute, and she's like an actress. Yeah, yeah. And when you watch her rehearse, yeah. she's so 100% in the moment. Yeah. And it's quite difficult to get her out of it sometimes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and, and you have to um, just watch her develop this character she doesn't come out of it. And of course, Carmen Topchu was opposite her. Exactly, yeah. In, in, yeah. In, when she played uh, Anna Bolena, when she played Giovanna, and she's and she my Judith exactly. in Duke Bluebeard, yeah. which yeah. is just, I'm so thrilled. Because mm. again, Carmen really gets it. She does, yeah. And she loves the drama of it. And yeah. I, but I think these days, one of the great joys of working in opera is that the, the days of, oh, I'm going to stand over here and sing it are over yeah, yeah. and the the art form is so much healthier for it yeah and I look singers are much more committed uh, from an acting standpoint to really really find something in the piece and we should mention now that you've mentioned Carmen Topchu <laughs> uh, that Bluebeard of course will be Daniel Samagi yes whose, whose parents are Hungarian that's right and I, I had a chat with him yeah. online because yeah. I haven't worked with Daniel before yeah. I said Hello, Keksakalu. <laughs> oh, you're directing it then, are you? I said, yeah. Uh, and I said, how's your Hungarian? He yeah. does speak a little bit, yeah. but not as much as I think he'd like yes, when he's confronted exactly. with this what, very rich yeah. folkloric text. Yeah. Of course, a lot of um, Bartok's music was based on all the, all the folk music, yeah. so a lot of it is folkloric yeah. um, and, and quite old, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and it's quite interesting trying to get a decent translation. I think you touched on that yeah. before. Yeah. There's a really crucial part which is missed mm -hmm. in most of the singing translations mm. you do, which is uh, Judith has run away from her family, mm. but it also makes very clear she's run away from her fiance. Yeah, yeah. It's Zelina all over oh, again. absolutely, yeah. Which is yeah. a real eye-opener. Yeah. And, you know, as we were saying before, no, these characters aren't just black and white. Yeah. You know, you find these twists in it, you think, oh, well, that changes it. Well, well this is the trouble with Judith, and these days, mm. you know, to show her foibles and her, yeah. her, uh, her desire, her, her reckless nature, yeah. and how she uses her sexuality to mm. try and, well, bag herself a duke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what it's about. Totally. Um, it's actually quite tricky. Mm these yeah. days yeah. Um, and I, so I've deliberately uh, as you know we've got uh, Priscilla Jackman on board yeah. as associate director mm. and that was really important for me yeah I know to, to know that I had a, a, a woman in the room with yeah. that perspective yeah. about everything that I'm dealing with yeah. um, because I can't have that perspective yeah. fully I can yeah. try mm. and I will do my best but I need someone who's who's lived it yeah and knows really the nuances of it. Yeah, and what that means to a woman too. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Well, Andy, it's been fantastic talking to you. Thank you. We're all really excited about Bluebeard's Castle. There's a great buzz about uh, the show and, and what you're going to do. <laughs> so we're all great. <laughs> looking forward tremendously to it. Well, I hope it's a triumph. I'm sure it will be. Thanks, Lyndon. Thank you.
Thank you for listening to In Conversation with Lyndon Terracini. We hope you've enjoyed the chat and we'd love for you to subscribe to the podcast. That way, you'll get each new episode as they're released. We also hope to see you in the theatre in the not-too-distant future. And you can stay up to date with all we've got going on at opera.org.au.